Patek watch sells for $6.5 million. Houdinki review the new Matrix watch. A frog professor reviews the new G-Shock Frogman. And we have an official casual watch talk meetup that neither Chris or I attend. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam and Chris. Chris, how have you been? Excellent. Rolling through the uh, rolling through the holidays here. We we did a holiday special last week, which yeah. thanks for all the nice comments. It was gift ideas. Might that's be good. a bit late to get those gifts now, but mm-hmm. um, maybe check them out for next year. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm in my ugly sweater. I'm trying to get trying to get use out of it <laughs> as much as yeah, as much as possible. Cool. Well, should we kick this off with a, a wristwatch check? Sure. Why don't you go first? Well, I am wearing my uh, Seiko Speed Timer that I reviewed on the channel. I'm getting used to the size. What was a great pickup, and I wasn't expecting it to be. I bought a cheap Jubilee bracelet mm. off okay. Amazon. I'll leave an affiliate link in the description down below. And I wasn't expecting much of it, but it came. It's got screw-in end links. Oh. It's properly <laughs> articulated know, right? Jubilee. I've added this... Um, the clasp is aftermarket. It was off a watch gecko strap because the, the clasp was decent, but I just prefer this one. Nice. It had this weird shine. I didn't realize this. I thought I was going to have to buy a Dremel tool with a brushing element on it. Oh, okay. But I watched this video where somebody just took their a nail file, a oh, okay. fine nail file, yeah. and I just did that the weekend, and it looks awesome. And, and it you got just, oh, and you just oh, so you took all the polish away, and now it's just brushed links. It worked phenomenally well. I don't yeah, know if nice. I'll do a how-to video on it, but it worked really yeah. well, and then I ran it over the, the buckle as well. And it was only one of those nail files that has the four different sides on it with the different great grit. You went with the fine, the fine grit. The medium one. Oh, okay. And the other thing as well with this bracelet, I'm gushing over this $25 bracelet here, is <laughs> right. because that, it's that you these... spent That you also spent like several hours on, <laughs> right? Of your time, of your labor. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> the um, It's got this extended lug piece here, which okay. looks, looks weird. But the good thing with this is, is it visually extends the watch slightly on your wrist so bit. it actually makes me think it's bigger when it's on the wrist because oh, it has an extra bit of metal uh, that it kind of a play on the lug to lug width you know if that's if that's longer you know you have if it, you know you, you have a watch that'll be hard to wear if you have a small wrist if it's a if it's a big number yeah exactly and i got the idea for this for having a strap that extends the lug slightly to make a watch look bigger. Because I was watching, really weird, the original Shaft film. Do you remember the original <laughs> Shaft film? Shaft! Exactly. <laughs> and in it, he's got a watch with one of those... Have you ever seen those really weird vintage rally straps where they're actually just a piece of metal that they punched holes in and then it, it's almost like a bracelet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, right. Yep. Yeah. So he had like a small watch with that on, and obviously it made it look a lot bigger, and that's where I got the idea. It was weird where we get inspiration from, but um, so so there's my wristwatch check into yeah. So uh, well, I'll hand it over to you then. What what you wearing? Uh, I have got my uh, Bell and Ross uh, Zen 103 on tonight. Uh, This is uh, in ready for sort of uh, holiday mode. I am. About to put it back on. I haven't had this out, and it's winter, and so it's bracelet time. And I am about to put it back on the fine link. And this is the opposite of brush. This is all. This is all shiny, all shiny all the time. The Zin fine link bracelet um, that I have. Um, 
so uh yeah that's the that's the next next little project i've got a couple other uh, got a couple other watch product projects i was able to pick up i don't I think i mentioned this maybe on the episode before our christmas episode but uh i was able to pick up a movement for that hamilton khaki king that i'm going to repair or replace i'm going to replace the i i finally uh spoke to the i spoke to the uh the owner and they were like you know they kind of were like all right how bad is it and then i showed them a picture which uh sam i'll send you and you can pop up on the screen of the crown the rusty crown and uh it it is uh it's as bad as you think it is uh the crown basically rusted away and there's a bunch of damage and stuff in there floating around so uh, I think over winter break here, I'm going to do a complete replacement and so get the Hamilton back in. I I was even thinking of uh, streaming it uh, to Discord, just basically starting the camera and and going online and see if anybody's there. So I don't know. Look out for that. Maybe just randomly some, maybe the day after Christmas or something, I'll just randomly replace a movement. It'll be my first uh first real tag take with a swiss eta which i was able to pick up a replacement for uh for pretty cheap so i'd be interested to see that and especially if you get the decorated rotor because mm. that hamilton's got a decorated rotor hasn't it yeah yeah so up the rotor over and i need to swap the calendar works over too so that will be <laughs> that will be yeah i'll take uh if anything else, I'll take some video and pictures, uh, and we'll uh, we'll highlight it on the uh, on uh, on the show here. Oh, and I had one more thing. You know, I was thinking about this. Speaking of the Christmas episode, you had asked me what watch that I was maybe interested in in the new year, and I spaced this, and I said the maybe the new Zen One Hundred Five, but one of the ones that caught my attention that I definitely want to check out is some of the new grand seiko gmts yes the the quartz and the uh the spring drives the spring drive yeah so spring drive grand seiko that that's that would be a that's a top tier list for me um and i definitely wanted to mention it because we it was it was like we were we were thinking about Christmas ideas and wish lists and things and stuff was flying around and i was like why didn't i talk about the grand seiko i love grand seiko so yeah, and I've got exactly the same. We'll be talk. Uh, uh, last week, I released a Seiko video, which we'll be talking about later. A little bit of a stirred up, a little bit of a controversy, but also a lot of really good discussion in the comments. I've also been thinking about getting a Grand Seiko next year, and I might put myself on a very strict no watch buying, and mm-hmm. I'll just save up for one real mm-hmm. good watch next year. I don't know how I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. I'm obsessing about watches all the time. But I think it would be a good challenge. Certainly, something interesting to document on the channel. Mm, anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, not. I mean, you know, we joke about uh, uh, Grail. You know, we say, you know, I, I always find that kind of funny. The the Grail watch as a you know as a concept, um, which is fine. But a watch that we're lusting after, or a watch that we're saving for, uh, yeah, interesting. Where, yeah, that would be twice whatever budget i had for watches in a year for sure something like that so it would be i would be saving up for a long time for for that so uh, something to yeah maybe try well something interesting happened at the weekend and i joked about it in the intro but 
Chris and I, we've got a Facebook group for the channel. Thank you to all of the members, all of the new members that have recently joined. It's going well. But Chris, we also spun up, or you spun up, I'm taking credit for you here, the Discord group. Yeah. It was just an experiment, wasn't it, to start with, but now it's started to grow. It uh, So the idea, you know, instead of just, you know, being in the walled garden of Facebook, let's uh, let's go out and, you know, uh, it, fe- it felt like chat was a little more conducive because um, it's, you know, picture sharing. It's like what's on your wrist and, you know, we get some general discussion. So really cool. Um, we're going to we are now going to open that up to everyone. So we'll have the link for you listeners and viewers to join our discord group and get in involved in the conversation. But we had a topic that basically started. We had a bunch of Midwest guys that figured out that they were all close to each other in real life. And so they organized a meetup, which is really cool. Yeah. And they sent some great photos over. So it was, uh, I was joking at the start, this was the official, first official casual watch talk meetup where Chris and I weren't in attendance. But one of our moderators on the Facebook group, Lee, was was one of the main uh, organizers there. So I, I hope you all had a good time. If we do, we'll have to start doing these again once the world gets back to normal. Maybe we'll have to do some casual watch talk swag or something along those lines for everyone. So the people that were in attendance, I'll just give a quick shout. This is their Instagram handles if you want to see more. We've got at Lee Perry, who was the, who's the moderator over on our Facebook group. We've got at Midwestern underscore watch underscore dude. And then we've got at Pocket Party EDC. Those were the three members. So thank you for, uh, for yeah, meeting and they went And they went to, where was the place they went to? They, they went to Burdine's watch store and saw all sorts of watches leave and commented that he fell in love with a, an AP. Yeah, they got to see some some great stuff and, and just a, a wide variety. So that was, uh, looks like it was a lot of fun. And I was, yeah, uh, both of us are definitely jealous. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully the start of many to come casual watch talk meetups. Yeah. And we'll leave the link to the Discord down below and you can chat with us directly. Well, why don't we dive into some of the news stories for this week? And the first one I wanted to talk about was an article on Hodinkee. And what's interesting about this, again, another watch that is well out of our price range here, but Gerald Genta, his personal Royal Oak is set to sell at Sotheby's in May 2022. Gerald Genta was the designer of the original Royal Oak, as well as a host of other extremely Mm. iconic watches, including also the Nautilus, I believe. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking about another story in a minute about Nautilus. Hodinkee are estimating here when this goes to auction that the estimate is going to be between 300 and 500,000, which Mm is an incredible amount of money. But Chris, I can't help but think that that is a lot lower than what it really will go for. I mean, auctions have been insane at the moment. To speculate on this one. I mean, this this is a, you know, the designer's personal watch that was given to him. So, I mean, this is, you know, that that territory that it's automatically into... I would I would not be shocked if it goes well past that. Such an iconic piece of horology history, Gerald Genta, and that design. I would be amazed if it didn't go for 
well north of a million, maybe two or three million, perhaps. Piece of history, for sure, at this point. You know, piece of art, piece of history, not really, you know, not really a watch anymore, per se. And this rolls really nicely into our next story. This is another auction, and again, just wild the what this sold for. And this is the the Tiffany Nautilus. Now, this isn't a vintage watch. This is a new or the last of the steel Nautiluses, they say. But this is a collaboration with, with Tiffany. Tiffany's had a long collaboration with Patek also, very famously Rolex. And they also have their own brand as well now. But this new brand new watch... The first edition, it's going to be a, a limited edition and limited release. So there's going to be 170 of these, but this is number one. This sold for an incredible 6.5 million, which here on CNBC, 120 times its retail price. Wow, that is, I, I, I'm stunned. Like that number, 6.5 million to have the first of the limited edition I saw pictures of this I just I just knew that it was going to go you know crazy money we're talking crazy amounts of money but in order to have the first one I I is someone about to is someone about to lose some money there I don't know well what is so weird about this and this will lead on to when I talk about Seiko in a minute or Seiko later on in the show, the Seiko video that I released as well, which hopefully some of the new subscribers who watched that video are joining us here today. So thanks everyone who watched that. It's weird to me because this isn't a watch that Paul Newman wore. This isn't a Speedmaster that went to the moon. This isn't Gerald Genta's first watch. This is a watch that Patek made yeah. A few months ago, or right. maybe a right. year, year or so ago, they've created this this scarcity themselves. They, they could easily, and they wouldn't do, but they could make they could make a hundred thousand of right. these Tiffany dials. Yeah, this is the first one, but it's weird that they've they've created this scarcity themselves. It has no historical significance other than the fact that it made history itself. Yeah, yeah, creating something, f- forcing it to be scarce. Right, and then being able to sell the first one for yeah. there's no historical importance. Right, right. The, uh, a famous person, like just pure, like the pure hype machine, like where you just it's just the machine is hype, and you take the input and you just plug it into the output, and it just it's a feedback loop of the hype machine, and then next thing you know, it's like Tiffany blue dial. This is going to be amazing, uh, unbelievable. And we you, we just talked about you know Gerald Genta. I mean, like why wouldn't you want his his personal watch should be worth millions of dollars, should be worth this. And the thing with the Patek as well, those incredible pocket watches they make. I mean, I think they make a watch that retails for over a million dollars that's double-sided, mm-hmm. very intricate engraving. And they've... They sp- and they spend years creating those right, one-off right. horological examples, and then right. they knocked out the steel notches. I know, which- right? Where, like where you've got a where you've got a movement where it's sat on a rose engine being turned for I don't know a year, <laughs> and then and they're like, oh, so this is our this is our Tiffany blue sports watch, 
And so we'll just we'll just zip this one out. I mean, not 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 to not to totally uh, lambast the fact that there's you know there is obviously some art and some uh, design that has gone into this, but <laughs> six point five million. Yeah, if you're the if you're those artisans that engraved the case of that watch that sells for you know one point two million, this is your entire life has spent engraving the watch and then you know your friend down the aisle's like oh right. yeah i just knocked out this steel case yeah uh, bit of polish on the side and then it's sold for six yeah it's million. right it's that like if you like you if you went to like a handmade craft store you know where you're like oh we're making these you know these like bags that are like beaded and there's people who spend you know seven hours like make you know intricate leather work stuff like that and it's like and then at the door there's like you know a canvas a canvas bag going for you know oh it's oh it's the one going for you know twenty dollars and you're like well what about all the work I put into this? <laughs> it's no longer a watch, is it? It's a it's become a store. It's been a commodity of store of value. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's a financial transaction that it's like well I wanted to diversify my portfolio and I have twenty five million dollars, so I'll just buy this one watch, <laughs> and so. And it just and it's into this like where where the rich where the rich can just you know keep their millions of dollars in these in these physical objects. It's very very strange. That was our view on the Patek on the Tiffany Nautilus. I think it's a great looking watch. I would love oh, right. to own one, but uh, even yeah. at its supposed retail price, but it's just so funny they've created this scarce, yeah. this scarcity. Yeah. Well, G Shock have actually named a watch created a watch of something that was at one time even more scarce than the mm. tiffany nautilus would you believe it hodinky did a fantastic article on it and this is the borneo rainbow toad now have you ever heard of this toad chris uh i have not well that's because for a long time it was deemed to be extinct Oh, okay. But then somebody from the Institute of Biodiversity called Neil Das, mm-hmm. it's a university in Malaysia. He's a herpetology. Mm-hmm. He's he's in the field of herpetology. I don't know if I've I've never heard it said out loud. So hopefully that uh, that I pronounced it right. He actually found rediscovered this Borneo rainbow toad, mm. which was believed to have been extinct a long time ago g-shock did a really cool thing and created a limited edition watch based on this borneo rainbow toad and oh. then so that's cool yeah and right was, <laughs> and then what was even cooler is hodinky contacted this guy and got him to review the g-shock <laughs> which he did so, oh that's great <laughs> i highly encourage you to watch it it's just a great feel good story for the holidays so you could see him there he says that actually um they said to him well what watches do you wear and this is a little plug for the swiss army watches because apparently the swiss army watches when they tick it's very quiet and he Mm. needs quiet because Apparently, Chris, when you're recording the mating song of toads, mm. it's at what? a very low level. So even yeah. the ticking of a watch can actually interfere with the recording. Yeah, I see. Like one does. Okay. Oh, that's, I mean, practical. That's interesting. Certainly can't have a uh, Swatch or a Timex, especially his watch. <laughs> or a mechanical watch. You, you know, you don't want to uh, accidentally uh, have your mechanical watch at the same tone as uh, toads mating call. <laughs> 
I think they did a great job of the colors. I, you know, like I, it's one of those. Uh, it, it's definitely a, a wild uh, assortment of colors. And if you you if you saw the frog picture next to the watch, you're like, oh, okay, I totally get it. But on its own, there's you know, it's a funky color G-Shock. It's it's fun. Such a great feel good story for the holidays, and good on G-Shock. I think they should give him one for give him one for free. One of these uh, rainbow toad. Uh, oh yeah, I would, yeah, I would hope he would. Oh, he just so he just did the review. I would hope he get to. Yeah, he it. just did the review. <laughs> they, uh, they haven't given him. Uh, they haven't given him one, as far as I'm aware. Next story on the list, and I can't wait for this movie to come out. It comes mm. out in a couple of days. In fact, yeah. it comes out tomorrow. They're also released, releasing it on HBO Max, which is how I'll watch it because I'm not quite ready to go back to the cinema yet. Mm-hmm. They released this a couple of weeks ago, so we have known about this watch, but Hodinky have just done a review of it, and it's the new Hamilton Matrix watch. So mm. it's the it's the LCD watch that they released, the PS, PSR, and it's it's got the Matrix-style colors. So for our audio listeners, it's the LCD watch that Hamilton have except it's got a black DLC coating. And instead of the red numbers that appear mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. it has green, obviously, to tie in with the Matrix. And then it has some graphics on the back as well, similar to that sort of falling code that they see in the Matrix. But um, Hodinkee tried it on, and of course, they, uh, they're a reseller of, Ho- of Hamilton, so they loved it, as you'd mm-hmm. expect. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what do you think of it, Chris, more importantly? I think it looks the business. I'm excited. I I think this is cool. This is very cool, and I'm I'm excited for the movie as well. Gonna we have plans to go to the to the cinema. Hopefully, uh, maybe do a Christmas Day thing and uh, sneak out. And uh, yeah, I, I I think it's cool. I would I would hope the the way they did the numbers. I I kind of think they could leave it on all the time. Like I don't. Like normally, this is one of the ones where you press it and it and it shows the red numbers, but even that, like, um, yeah, it it's it's super cool looking, and I think it I think it it you know once again Hamilton sort of gets that on screen design theme that that they're so good at doing. A couple of interesting things from the article, and again, all of these are linked in the description down below. They said that the green is actually easier to see than the red that they reviewed. So they actually liked the green. And if you're not a huge fan of this watch, which, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of it. I wouldn't wear it. It's just not. I mean, it was cooler that it was in James Bond. Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell, somebody please correct me if you know this is what I'm saying is false. But I can't tell from the article. I don't even think they wear it in the film. But. The new Morpheus, if you're not feeling feeling this watch, the new Morpheus is actually going to be wearing a, a Hamilton in the film. Ah. One of your favorites, Chris, the, the panda. Oh, yes. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so if you're into, if you really like the film, mm. you're in, you wanted to get a watch from the film, you wanted to get the Hamilton, then this, the Intramatic Auto Chrono oh, such a, is such a good, going to be worn. Yeah, and such a good value pickup. That's uh, it's such a great, it's really good. It's really good. I've seen it, I've seen it, worn, had it in person, handled it, almost, almost bought the blue dial with white 
in subdials was super close. Uh, but uh, yeah, really, that's that's neat. There's a famous uh, analogy, isn't there, for news reporters that don't become the story. But in this particular case, I think I'm going to become the story. <laughs> I released an upload. It was an impromptu, off-the-cuff little rant. And I think I'll do more of them because a lot of people really enjoyed it. And it was about Seiko's new release. So here's my upload that I did. And it's over 5,000 views in a week. So these controversial subjects, I titled it, Have Seiko Crossed a Line? And what I was talking about was this new 1968 limited edition. Mm -hmm. And... The reason that we're talking about it again on here is I just wanted to... There was a lot, a overwhelming amount of commenters who totally agreed mm -hmm. that with me that this is just... This is a step too far in terms of pricing. 4,600 people are estimating to 5,000, but it's got a movement in it, the 8L35, which apparently people who commented that own it say it's great, but... They give such ridiculous tolerance on it, right. like plus 15 right. to minus 10 seconds. How can you be proud right. of releasing a, a movement that's going to rival the Swiss? And mm -hmm. by, by just listing those statistics, it shows that Seiko have done, it, it appears as if they've done zero right. regulation. Right. 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 Both you and I love, love Seiko. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm wearing a Seiko now. You've mm -hmm. got Seikos in your collection mm -hmm. if you watch the... the um, collection reviews that we did i've got two seikos in my collection mm -hmm. and my collection is about 10 watches now so that's like a high percentage of seiko <laughs> right but there is a lot of people online that are seiko apologists mm, and correct. they're saying they've got this idea of well i think it's great I and mean, a lot of people were talking about well it's got this new ever bright steel that's corrosion resistant well all stainless steel is corrosion resistant. They make a watch with that movement in it that you can still buy today, half the price of this one that's the same style. Mm -hmm. Yes, the dial's going to be good. You don't even get a bracelet with it. And they've made it limited edition for no reason at all. I mean, I made mm -hmm. this argument in the video that it's one of them's a, sa a save the ocean version. So why make a, 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 you know, a charity version limited edition? Mm -hmm. Why not just make more of them to make more money for the charity? But there's a lot of people that I think, you know, we're, we're fans of Seiko, but we can constructively think about Seiko as a company. It's a complex group. It's a gray area. So, I mean, I, there are watch, there are folks in that camp that they can defend, but they're not necessarily ever going to buy that watch. I mean, I, I could see a bunch of folks that are, you know, happy to have a bunch of you know, 007s or whatever in their collection. And that's the watch for them. And they love Seiko and what they have been doing. And this this concept that I hear a lot, which is like, well, well, good for them for for charging, you know, for making money. There's this very like weird, uh, you know, sort of like ultra capitalist sort of attack that that it's like you know well well you know if a company makes something for a hundred dollars and then sells it for two hundred dollars that's good if a company makes the same thing for a hundred dollars and sells it for two thousand dollars that's even better you know they're doing amazing and you're like well yeah yeah i guess so but intrinsically and and actually is that thing worth the money and I and then you get into a bunch of folks that you know. There's again these different different pockets of people that are like, well, maybe you know, 
uh, might value different different levels of timekeeping things like that but it it starts to feel like it's it's the marketing and the fact that they've been moving up market that is feeding back into the the culture that everybody you know we want to love the brand and we want to support them but at the same time like it's it's hard it's hard to support them right now with this Exactly. In this particular watch, this is the new 1968 version for our audio listeners. It's basically a Marine Master is, mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Very similar. It's got a unique dial and you can still buy a Marine Master for around 2500 with the exact same movement in there. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely them testing the waters. This is mm-hmm. what can we possibly... And it's not just them that are doing this. This is other brands, especially with the pandemic that's mm-hmm. happened. Other brands that Chris and I also... Mm-hmm. Love. they've definitely been testing the waters with this one and mm-hmm. if you, you if you are inclined to defend seiko for this then all they will do is just keep pushing it and mm-hmm. pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and then the seikos that you love the brat will become so unaffordable and you're right chris i every person who said to me in the comments and this is an open invite to anyone who listens to this as well who said, I, I, I'm all over this watch. I think it's a great price. I've I posted the email, you know, the casual watch review at gmail.com and said, if you buy this watch, you are invited on the channel to convince Chris and I. Right. And you don't even yep. have to convince us. Yeah, just come yeah. on and just say, yeah, hey, this is why it. I bought it. And I think it was yeah. a great deal because yeah. I, I, I'm willing to be, you know, I, I'm willing to to look at this from a different perspective if, if mm-hmm. it actually turns out that this watch is incredible, even though it doesn't come on a bracelet and, when I wa- when I saw it, I enjoyed that you uh, offered, you know, different alternatives and like like Cosk certified, so like plus minus what four seconds a day, I think two or it's down below that, right? Like those level that level of 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 timekeeping and that level of you know what you're getting for your money kind of thing to to you know to offer that as well was it was a good you know was it's good to do and also kind of puts us back into the like so so why why is it this price you know they keep this upward trend and it and it just again it feels like a marketing exercise i was having a discussion with my wife we were talking about brands do you remember do you know that uh the banana republic and the gap and Old Navy, you know, those are the same company, right? They're all the same, yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things that they do is they take their luxury brand and and maybe this is just, this would just make it easier to swallow, right? So like, here you go, Seiko. Here's how to do this and make us all happy. Take your luxury brand and then make like a, like a, a version that's you know maybe a little a little smaller a little different that only has like one one dial version da 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 this sort of thing that's the that's the same style as the fancy luxury but is a little bit less and go down you can you can then build on your luxury brand because we love Grand Seiko and so we would like to see some of that stuff come down to us. If you started putting movements and things and and watches that were similar or like entry level Grand Seiko, amazing. And again, for the price that this is, 
we're talking about entry-level Grand Seiko price. Exactly. And and you're totally right. I mean, this say this watch is 4,600. It's 4,600 euros. So I estimated mm-hmm. it was 5,000. It's going to be about 5,000. Mm-hmm. For an extra $500 or $700, there's a Prospex LX that has the spring drive movement in it. Mm, Possibly good. the biggest leap forward in movement technology mm-hmm. it's a, a plus or minus one second a day mm-hmm. because it has it's regulated by that those quartz components i mean i, I don't i don't get where seiko are going with this that this what this watch doesn't need to mm-hmm. exist it's you've got the prospects lx series with the spring drives you've got divers on the grand seiko that that are in that five thousand mm-hmm. article and then you've got the Marine Master, which is one of the top end ones mm-hmm. that's in that two to three thousand dollar. There, there doesn't need, to, there isn't a gap there in the market for right, a right. watch that has that's in the same as your two thousand. It was such a we're dipping our toes in the water. It was so blatant what they were doing, especially making the one of them the uh, charity version as well. Why, why I don't understand why you would. And there's like 1,301 and 600 of the other. There's two different versions of it. Um, so anyway, it, it was an interesting, it was interesting to see some of the, the comments. Obviously, a lot of people who love Seiko as well kind of agreed with us that it was definitely testing waters. But there were certainly some people who felt yeah. that this was a bargain. And you're welcome on the channel. I, I, I'm usually on board with a lot of stuff that they do. But this is just a particular, it just really rubbed me up the wrong way. And if you enjoy these rants, guys, we'll definitely, um, you know, we'll do, we'll do more. Not just Seiko ones, of course. But. <laughs> well, we hope you all have a lovely holiday season. We'll be back in the new year. As always, we really appreciate you watching and listening. And we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.